Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Welcome to a Herd App production, Wired Access podcast. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. To my left today, I got one, the only, a legend in the local area. Whether he wants to say it, it's okay. You can be humble. But what you have done in this area is Bellevue West Coach Woodard, as they would say, Coach Woodard, Doug Woodard, who just retired this year. Congratulations. Kendall, thank you. Man, uh, you have 25 years just at Bellevue West. You have years before that, but let's just start back when you were a young kid. What was your fit? Was basketball always your favorite sport, or is that something that just kind of grew into you? I mean, because to coach this long, you can't be someone that just played it occasionally, hung around it. No, you know, I mean, growing up, I was probably like a lot of a lot of kids um, in that I had um, it was kind of during the season. If it was baseball season, I really liked baseball. If it was football season, I really liked football. And then if it was basketball season, I really liked basketball. And, and those, and I, I know obviously there's other sports that other kids get involved in, but for me, those were were kind of the ones. And and uh, I suppose it was probably, well, it was definitely in my, my sophomore year of high school um, where I got more serious about basketball and kind of ditched the other sometimes I don't wish I would have done that but uh, started focusing more solely on basketball and uh, I just loved it I love playing off season I love going out in the driveway by myself um, I just love love the game and so it, it just uh, um, it, it kind of started young playing in season and then grew to, to more than that well and speaking of being young and what was the high school that you went to where were you located? Burke High School. So went to Burke um, and um, played for Coach John Johnette, a great man, um, hard, hard taskmaster of a coach. Um, Gary Grainer, who succeeded John at Burke, uh, is now uh, a dean with me out at uh, Bellevue West. So we've got a lot of stories we talk about. He coached, he did not play under John, but he coached under John. And uh, we got a lot of stories we share uh, about Coach John App, but he uh, uh, he was a great coach and a great man. So, of course, you're at Omaha Burke. You go off to college, UNO, is that correct? Yeah, played for a year at Bemidji State University, came back, got married, came back. Um, got married, man. Yep, and uh, went blessed. to UNO. And, and uh, you know, I, I kind of knew that I wanted to, to coach and, and the only route really, uh, I guess really the only, um, the only viable route to really do that, you, you got to teach. And, and, uh, so I, I got into uh, social studies and that was kind of my area. Um, and, and, uh, um, but I knew I wanted to coach basketball. Well, and I like that you say you knew it, like at what age, because obviously going through basketball, going through all the sports that you went through, you made a decision to go from three to one, stick to basketball, work it hard. What changed in your mind from the playing to the coaching style? Was it your gameplay that started there? Were, were you on the floor a coach for your coach? Were you the point guard? Were you someone that took that initiative during practice and took that initiative? Is that where your love for coaching started? 
I don't know if I would say that as much as um, I just loved watching it. I love dissecting it and trying to figure out why some things were successful and other things maybe weren't successful, um, be it in college. You know, back then, obviously, giving away. There was my- no there was no huddle. <laughs> just for those who were watching, there was no quick huddle. There was no hurt at. There was, <laughs> there was nothing but ABC, CBS, and NBC. And there wasn't near as much available for, for you to watch. Uh, I mean, now it's limitless. You get on YouTube, you can get instructional stuff, you get uh, coaching. I mean, it's, it's just whatever's you can watch the games live. You can uh, watch the game. Yeah. Watch live TV. Yeah. Any number back then, you know, there was an NBA game of the week and, 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 and there was a, a college usually game of the week. Although there, there was for a while, the big eight, basketball was big on Saturdays. I remember that, but I would always watch that even if I didn't really like the teams. Um, and, and I just was, would try to see what style I liked. And so that began in my mind percolating and it just kind of took off from there. Now, did you, were you still playing at this time when you were still analyzing and starting your coaching route or were you just being a, uh, assistant grad assistant for UNO? Well, actually, no, I, I, uh, I, I stopped after, after one year we, we had a, my wife, Lori and I, we had a family and, and I decided at that point um, to, to focus on that and getting my schooling done. And, but I played my whole life. I've, I've played, I still play now. I, you call it that um, old man, three on three. Hey, stuff come and- on, man. <laughs> you can't throw no shade on that. That's, that's more activity than many people even experience in one day, let alone a week. And you're doing it in just a couple hours. So don't ever throw shade on, on the old man basketball. Cause some of those, I mean, you guys are still competitive. You're still wanting to win, but have fun with it sometimes. Now, sometimes you might be a little more laid back than than back in the day. You know, call a foul here, foul there. But so you get through, you do one year, you start raising a family, you start your coaching career. When you start your coaching career, obviously you're 30 plus years into it. Is that correct? Am I about right? 28? Total? Yeah. A total of right at 41. 41. All right, so 41 years ago, you're starting as a young coach, Woodard, and, of course, you're lucky if you get the last name. You're lucky if they say anything except for coach. What was some of those introductory periods that you remember that maybe shine more light on what you were trying to do and maybe a situation where it might have also made you go, is this really what I want to do? Well, um, I was fortunate. I I started – at a school at Bellevue Christian, a private school um, that uh, um, wasn't even a full high school at the time. So I had some years where they went to freshman, then sophomore, then just they added a class a year. And so I got to cut my teeth, as it were, at, at, a, at a, a younger level. And and uh, But I was forced to kind of do everything. I was forced to um, uh, do everything from figuring out budgets to um, uh, figuring out what I wanted to do offensively, defensively, and, and, and the whole thing. And so, um, you know, going through that process that young was, was good. It was instructive and, and you, you had to learn pretty quick. Um, and, uh, then I, when I went to Roncalli, um, which, you know, I was, I went to Roncalli before Bellevue West. Um, I had 
gotten really interested. That was about the time that Loyola Marymount was, um, if you can remember back to the Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball days, um, Loyola, Loyola Marymount was kind of popularizing um, a, a real relentless fast break style. And I just, I loved it. Uh, I loved actually the, um, they ran a numbered break, um, you know, in, in basketball, you can, if, if you're a fast break believer, you kind of believe in filling lanes or you believe in a kind of a number system. And, and so I kind of adopted that number system and actually Paul Westhead, who, who, who adopted Sonny Allen, Sonny Allen really created that kind of numbered system and Paul West had adopted it. And, and he actually spoke at a, a, a conference or a, a, a clinic here in, in, in Omaha. And um, I got to spend some time with him and talk and, and pick his brain a little bit. And so that was, um, that was a, a lot of fun. And, and that kind of um, uh, shooting threes, playing fast, um, uh, trying to, to, to give people that are coming and watching, a um, uh, an enjoyable experience as well as the kids that are playing. I just think it's a, it's an enjoyable way to play. So you think of this system and it's coming in, you're seeing it, you're watching it. Was there anything in the Omaha Metro area that you were seeing that was also adapting it to it? Or what was the style that was back then that normally people were trying to play? Well, I, I mean, I think it, much like any, any period, there's, there's different, you know, we all come into coaching and we have um, our preconceived notions or we have styles that we're comfortable with. And so I think there was it like in all times, there was a variety, but there was not, um, there was not around here. I think a a similar um, dedication to, to getting the ball up in the scoring zone and, in six seconds or under and trying to get a shot up in that amount of time. And, and, um, no, that was kind of, at least to me, it was, it was, it was new. It was kind of refreshing. Um, but as time goes on, um, to me, kind of the weakness, cause they also coupled with the numbered break system, they played basically a full court, total denial defense, no help. They never helped. <laughs> yeah. And you know that sound. So you got to find not only fast, you got to find smart. You have to find athletes that are not afraid to know where their position is and stay with it. Because obviously, in the game of basketball, that word "help" is is something that you're used to. You're used to hey, just sit sit one foot in the lane, one foot in the lane. But when you're trying to run this offense, do you is depth one of your number one things you have to have in order to have enough athletes to run through it, or are you normally running about a seven eight? I think depth is is very important if you're really gonna if you're really gonna in any way pressure defensively and run relentlessly. You have to have some depth and a minimum of eight um, that that you're gonna gonna play. And obviously, if you can get up to nine or ten. Um, in 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 in, a, in play effectively, I think that's that's better. Um, you, you know, the, but but I mean, Marymount was different because they their whole deal was we want to be so different. In other words, total denial, no help. You score, you score, but we're coming back in four seconds, and, and you know, you better be ready to run. Do, yes, and we're yeah. going to get enough steals. We're going to. 
I, and so I kind of, I like that, but as experience, I think that's not a sustainable model, uh, in my view, defensively, um, you, you, that has to be moderated somewhat. Um, so at the time I, I kind of got really interested in when Rick Patino was at Kentucky, he, he had a system as his white black press system. And it, to me, it was more sound and I really like that. And so kind of tried to blend the two systems, but then of course you have to, you have to, um, uh, at, at least moderate or modify those based on to your the, athletes, right, right? To the athletes. Yeah. Have. You can't just do that. No, you can't. There are some years we could not press um, at Bellevue West. We just couldn't. We, we we didn't have enough A depth, enough people that could guard the ball, enough people. You have to have some good decision makers. Uh, when am I going to help in, in those kind of things? And, and we just, there's years we just didn't have that. And so you had to pull it back and play more of a half court style. And of course you get your first championship with Ron Colley in class B. When you look at that adventure, was that with this offense? Was it what was kind of your role to uh, to win that? What 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 did you feel it took? Well, we had a we had we, we did try to play fast. Um, we we were pretty big, so we did not extend as much full court. Um, uh, we, we didn't have we didn't have um, probably a true point guard in some ways on that team. Um, but what we had was a lot of really good athletes, good shooters, and uh, we did try to play fast, especially at the offensive end. Um, that group was, um, it, it was really an, an unbelievable, almost surreal year in that um, we, we beat Scott um, 104 to 61. Wow. A week and a half later, Scott beat us. Okay. So we won by 40. Three what points. adjustment did they do? I mean, uh, well, I mean, we, or a hot, know, it's, hand it's a, great, a hot hand is a hot hand. It's just a great lesson in that basketball um, is, is such a momentum game. And if, if you're not ready to play um, and, and I mean, obviously we played, we just went in the game. Like we, we had just won by, uh, you know, we, we had won by this incredible amount of points and all we had to do is show up. And, uh, but that wasn't the last time we lost at the end of the year, we lost at home to a, a team from Crete, um, that, that has a good basketball tradition, but they were not good that year. And in fact, I think they won either four or five games. And one of them was our last game at home. But uh, as we went into districts, and it was, there was a lot of really good seniors on that team. You could tell, and they had a lot of good wins too uh, over the course of the year, but we were just really up and down. But you could tell there was a change, a difference in their approach, a uh, much more serious uh, daily approach. And, um, boy, they just played really, really well down at the state tournament in, in the first game beating Ralston, who had beat us twice already that year. Um it, there were just it was it was a tremendous almost like I say surreal uh, week, but we had to defensively do something different each night. Played a lot of zone the first night, yeah. Ooh. Which which that's not uh, that's almost a almost a cut in half of the game sometimes. Uh, but yes, it is. And, but if and, you know your strengths and you know what it's going to lead to, obviously to a championship. If you think back to obviously you've encountered five different championships. 
four with Bellevue West, one with Ron Colley. And you think of a saying that you might have said back at the Ron Colley days. Is there any saying that you still use to this day <laughs> that you might remember? I mean, everybody has the isms. And I'm not saying in your 41 years that nothing would have changed, or, but there's got to be something that you might have said back then that still could take effect now that you still use. Because obviously, to win a championship, your pregame speech has to mean something. Your halftime speech, your speeches during just a, a timeout. There's always something that has to pull from those. You can't, you wouldn't do them if you didn't need them. Is there anything that you could think back to that, that you've kind of used through your years that uh, is a common? Well, yeah, there's one that, that we've always tried to um, uh, tell kids is uh, a basketball thing, but it's also uh, something just to walk through your daily life and it's do the next right thing. In other words, Obviously, basketball is a game of action. It's a game of great speed, and and if you make a mistake, if you dwell on that mistake, if if you live in that mistake, um, the game's going to pass you by, and you're not going to be able to play. You're not going to be effective. The coach is going to have to get you out if if you're worried about a previous mistake. And so the whole thing we, we try to say is do the next right thing. You make a turnover, what's the next right thing? Get back on defense. Get yourself in position to get a stop. That turnover is not going to cost the game, but a succession of bad reactions to a bad play can. And um, so that's kind of been a, a common theme uh, from year to year, and, and especially when you play fast. Um, you can't overvalue any one possession, and you certainly can't dwell on any one possession. And and if you did something good, okay, get over yourself. There's another. There's another. <laughs> Act play. like you've been there, right? Yes, you've been it, there before. It, it's it's you're supposed to. We're supposed to. We're out there playing. You make you shoot. You're supposed to make it. You're not supposed to miss. Um, you know, you're supposed to get a rebound if if the ball's shot. Go get the doggone ball. But you know, don't. You know, don't strut about it. Don't act like you've done something. Just be a good teammate and go to the next play. And and so do the next right thing is something we, we, we've tried to, um, I guess, have a common theme down through the years. No, that I mean, if you didn't have a successful theme, you wouldn't be at where you are today. Um, obviously, I went to school back in 96 to 2000. So I remember when the Omaha South came to Bellevue West. Bellevue West was undefeated. Um, and uh, Omaha South had a tough team. They ended up beating you guys at, at, at Bellevue West. When you think back to an undefeated team that was late into the season and you think to what you just accomplished this year of undefeated, like how do you get over those humps to get to the point that you made it this year? Well, you know, so much of it, it, it is it, – it is, the matchups on a given night, how you play, we could have very easily lost to West side. Um, actually. So the last week of the regular season was Millard North West side. And we, we did end up on Friday night beat Millard North. I don't know if it ended up 20 somewhere around that, but going into the fourth quarter, it was, it was closer in, than you wanted. Absolutely. Well, it was in Millard North West side, very good teams, both of them. And, and uh, um, we, we, did not have a good week of practice. We did not play very well against Millard North until the fourth quarter. 
Stephen Polachek, one of our really good shooters, just got on an unconscious roll, um, which loosened things up, and 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 so we we scored and we ended up winning uh, by by a comfortable quote margin. Um, but it wasn't because we really played well and we shot well. We hit some shots, but defensively we weren't very good. Um, we didn't have real crisp movement offensively, and then that caught us up the next night, um, where you could almost see. Well, we didn't play all that well, but we won by 20. Um, you could see that approach against Westside. And and um, we Westside played very well. We did not play um, very well. But again, Josiah Dultzler got really hot down the stretch. Jackson Stuvey had a great offensive game. So we had a couple guys bail us out. In, and then Jane Jackson hit a big shot right at the end, and we won the game. We were actually really concerned at that point. That what is the message that we're getting that we can we can shortcut all these areas defensively. We really don't have to pay attention to details offensively, but we're good enough that somebody's going to bail us out. We're really concerned about that because you know some of the things you hear. You know, sometimes a, a loss is good because it teaches right you before the end, right. and 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 so. That was our challenge to them. Fellas, if you got to lose now to learn, it's going to be a really, really tough lesson um, because you, you might be at home and you're wondering, you know, wondering why. If, if you can't learn through just watching this film and seeing the difference of defensive intensity or lack thereof, the difference of being concerned about really executing things, if you can't see that, then we're probably going to get a loss here that's going to be a lot more painful than one of these would have been. Well, and you bring up the film part. Obviously, through your time, you've seen film go from the VCR to the CD to online where we are today. How does this help your time in the distance and how does this help your athletes? Because the reason I ask that is I know that that's one of your biggest things is to be an advocate for the athletes and help them get to where they want to be. Absolutely. What, what, what has it been like? Because obviously, was it harder to get those VHSs out to everybody? Well, it, 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 it well was one. It was harder. Um, it was infinitely more time consuming. If you, and if you, for instance, if you were going to try to put uh, a a film or or, or short uh, segment of highlights or whatever together of a kid and send it. Well, you had to have the editing, the video editing equipment. You had to take the time to go and do that. Uh, You had to compile it. Then you had to mail it out. Um, So you had to find the person's mailing. It it was cumbersome and it was, um, and and it wasn't obviously athlete friendly. Um, Yes. What's available now in coaches that coach now and, and maybe didn't coach back in a little bit prehistoric era, they, um, I don't, they don't really appreciate, I don't see how you can appreciate um, the, the, the great gift this is to both coaches and athletes. You know, if, if, if somebody's recruiting somebody, all you've got to do is in, and you can, it take you five minutes to get that person's, you get a full game film and then you can get, you can choose maybe three more games and pick up some highlights and you can share it with that coach via video link through huddle. Um, it's, it's just tremendous. And it, the other thing it does is 
you can sit down with your team and spend 15 minutes at what maybe would have taken an hour and people's attention spans nowadays no. aren't yeah, <laughs> not going to last for an hour. Lucky. Yeah. 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 So it, it's really played into what might not be a great societal trend in the inability to focus on for anything for longer than, you know, uh, a brief time. Um, but it's played into that and it's, it's, it's really helpful, obviously. Well, and when we talk about recruiting and we talk about schools, when you look at your seniors each year, what's some of the things that you always try to instill in them? What are some things that you're always trying to help them when it comes to their future? Are you in the decision or as a head coach, are you one that just provides the guidance if they ask it? Like how much involvement does a head coach have? Again, I think guys have to do what's, you know, what's comfortable for them. I try to provide as much guidance and assistance as I can without acting like I'm going to be part of the actual decision-making process. That needs to be the athlete and their parents. Um, Obviously, you can provide guidance to that, but um, I think it's just so important that they understand go where you're really loved, go where you're wanted. Um, Don't chase a level just to chase a level um, and go somewhere just to say that it's this level of, of school and maybe you were that level's third or fourth or fifth choice and you're really a placeholder until someone else comes that they that they simply uh, replace you with through a transfer portal now or, or whatever you may have go somewhere where you think they really value you and what you uh, can contribute as an athlete in that program and then go somewhere that um there's an alignment of your core values and, and what you, you value as a player and as a, as a student and, 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 and has a, an academic field that's congruent with what you want to pursue. And, and of course, when these athletes are making these tough decisions, you've taught them on the court, off the court values. How much does your interaction with parents go for their senior year, or is it something that you try to instill when they come in as freshmen to where that communication's open? If they have comments, they have stuff, concerns, or even just for a feedback from you to them about their son. Maybe you're noticing something in school. Is that always an open door that you felt pretty good about? Yeah, I think it has to be, and and, uh, with the exception of, we're not going to talk about playing time. No, um, you no know, that's, that's not a topic that we're going to discuss. But other than that, I certainly think any parent should feel like they could come to you at any time with a concern. Um, and maybe it's even academically or, or whatever it might be. Um, boy, I mean, that's why you're there to help the kid. And, and, um, and, and it's got to be a, uh, it's a partnership, um, and, and we're not replacing the parent. We can't do that. They, wow. We're 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 there as a supplement, and 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 to to partner with them uh, to try to get the best re- result we can for their their young man, or in the case of obviously others, their their young woman. It, it, we want them to to be successful, and and we're there to help. We're there to listen. Um, and if you got a concern, we're there to hear that as well. Now, of course, you did start up, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, OSA Crusaders um, AAU program. Um, obviously, AAU is something that's a good topic for some. 
Others find it kind of, you know, taken away from high school sports. What's your thoughts from when it began and where we are today with it? So actually Scott Hawk and I, Scott, who was a longtime area coach, he's back on the East coast now, but he coached for years at cathedral Creighton prep, then actually came and for a while was a, a, a girls coach at Bellevue West um, after he left prep went and coached in the WNBA for a while with Mike Tebow um, with Connecticut. And then he's, he stayed out there uh, now, but Scott and I did kind of start the crusader version of, of that back uh, in the, the early nineties. And um, at the time there was really only one option um, realistically for kids in this area. And it was the Valentino's um, um, operation. And, and while that was good and thought it was great, there's only one team and so other kids that didn't get selected on that team basically didn't have the opportunity to go in and be seen at, at, at the collegiate level in, in that summertime. And so we felt it was important to try to get another option out there. And, and uh, so we did. And early on we were sponsored by Godfather's pizza. And so people kind of <laughs> joked that it was the pizza wars with Val's Valentino's and, versus yeah, Godfather's. Val, yeah. Godfather's and, wins, but anyways, <laughs> I'm, no comment right now, but uh, I'll, I'll be political on that. But, uh, but we sure appreciate Godfather's pizza and what they did for us in those early years. And so um, eventually then we, we decided to get 15 year old, 16 year old, 17 year old teams. And, and um, back in the mid two thousands, we aligned with uh, Omaha sports Academy and, and came together and um, in, in, now it's kind of evolved into ETG Midwest and, um, and it's affiliated with Adidas. And so I think um, whether you want to say 90%, a high percentage of it is good. Um, I think it's like anything else. If you get people that are in it for the wrong reasons, they want an advancement for their own personal self. They want their own you know, they're, they want to be advanced in the coaching ranks and they feel if they hook on and, and they get with some good athlete, they may get exposed and get, get invited to be a college. And uh, no, if, but if you got people that are just cause they want kids to have opportunity, um, I think it's great. There are more opportunities for kids. Um, the better I, when you hear AAU, um, culture, there's a lot of negative, and some of it's earned, but a lot of it's not. Uh, there's a lot of good people, a lot of good organizations, and it's done a lot of good for a lot of people. Well, see, and I, th I think another aspect, though, is it kind of goes back to what you said about your high school life. You didn't like that you just went to one sport. Do you feel like the AAU kind of sometimes pulls the kids to go one sport? Yeah. Yes. I, well, yeah, and I think that's true if you look at volleyball. I think that um, – um, I mean, baseball, they're doing about 40 to 80 games at a seven, eight year old. Yes. And, and, and so I think there's, it's gotten that way in football with, with all the passing league stuff in the, in the summer. So I think there is that tug on kids. So I think we need, if, a, if, if a young man or young woman only wants to do one sport, okay, fine. That's, but I don't think we should be trying to apply that kind of pressure to them. Um, especially when they're young, uh, from the from the externally, I, I think that needs to be that decision needs to be arrived at organically by the athlete and their parents, and and not 
through external forces, <laughs> trying to get them to just do the thing that we want them to do. Well, and I mean, you obviously have some kids, some grandkids. When is too early, too early when it comes to that stuff? What's some of the things that you've kind of passed down or thought about with your your kids and grandkids and, and trying to keep them active? Obviously, in the Bellevue School District, the Woodard name isn't just one kid or two kids. There's multiple Woodards that have came up through. How, how do you feel you kind of help guide some of that or shown them how important everything is? Well, I, I think interest level, you, you need to let their interest le- level drive it and not your desire for them to be um, a great athlete or whatever. If, if they have a high interest level, if they're really invested in the sport and they love it and they want to do it, then give them the opportunities that, uh, that are commiserate with that. And, and obviously, I think it's age level. They don't need to be at eight years old traveling all over the country. Um, but give them the opportunities that they have to or that they can have to uh, to excel. And, and, and if their interest level is more mild and lukewarm, then you know what? Let them. Let them find something they're passionate about and whether it's athletics or whatever it might be, but um, uh, let them find that passion themselves and pursue it. uh, But, but be there to support them every step of the way. All right. So obviously we've talked a little bit AU. We've talked a little bit about your Bellevue West. Most would say, and I would agree the past couple years, you could be considered a dynasty. When you hear those things, you see your records, you see what you guys have done, you see your kids go off to the next level. What's what's some of your fondest memories that you're going to remember of these groups? Oh, gosh, there's so many. But, I mean, if we just say in these last several years, I mean, obviously the experience in 2020 was remarkable because, obviously, we start the state tournament unsure of the outcome, even whether or not we play the That's first I mean. day. Yeah. Um, and then when, you know, so we're playing, we're, we're getting ready to play. I think my family was over at um, whatever M- mellow mushroom pizza place, I think yeah. up there. And they were watching the, uh, the Creighton game. Of course, Creighton game ends at halftime. It does Big when East they're when they're in done. New York. <laughs> they're in New York. It <laughs> mattered. So they're done. It's, I, I remember. I don't know whether what you know one of my kids called me or, or whether my wife or the Lori. I I can't remember. Somebody called. So the game just got canceled. I remember telling Coach Klein, one of my assistants. We're not playing. They just canceled the doggone Big East tournament. <laughs> yeah, we're just a high school. Team. I guess we're going home. Well, next thing we know, they you're, you're going to go ahead and play. And um, we played, and and as we were leaving that day, I remember saying, well, this is going to be it. At least we, we ended the season with a win. Uh, <laughs> so I, we were joking about, well, since I always say, if you win your last game of the year or your state champion, can we claim <laughs> sta- state champs since we won our last game here? Well, the problem request. is so did some other folks. And <laughs> so, um, but we, we – and, and so we just went through the the day not knowing, having no clue whether you'd even be able to play because literally the country had shut down. Uh, I think there was midget mud wrestling in Montana and us in Nebraska, and that was it. Uh, there was no, nothing else even going on. Um, 
basketball wise, hockey wise, swimming, n- none of the sports that are winter sports yeah. were, were, were even going on. And so to go through that in a um, few hundred or a couple hundred people, whatever it was uh, down there and ultimately. What do you remember of that first game of just about a hundred people? I mean, atmosphere at a Bellevue West game, whether it's from back in when I was in high school to now, it's live. People are there to have fun. They're loud. They're into it, especially high school basketball. Now you get to 100 people. You couldn't even have your, your – could you have your seniors only or something as far as your student fans? Or was there it just any parents, students. right? It was just, just parents. Well, it was parents and, and other family yes. members yes. Um, and, and stuff, but – yeah, there. Um, I think there were some cousins that I didn't know people had as cousins <laughs> <laughs> that might have got in. But, the but, sneakies. But yeah, but but by and large, it was it was family and stuff. And and but trust but, me, I watched a kid this weekend grab basketball shoes out of another kid's bag just to look like he was supposed to be in there to play. Sure, we know he wasn't playing exactly. But I know how the sneakiness. So you get about a hundred people. It it you know what I remember about it is when you, when you come out to warm up, it's like you're in an utterly empty gym because a hundred or 200 people in a high school gym, it doesn't look very crowded, but when you get in pinnacle bank arena, I mean, it just, it's bizarre. That's only five rows. Yes, (laughs) it is. But then when the game started, and I think this was true really for all the games, especially the, that last game. But when the game started, it did get loud because everybody was grouped right behind the bench. And so it seemed like there was more people there. Obviously, it wasn't like your normal Pinnacle Bank experience, but it it, it was it was most noticeable before the game and while they're warming up than it was actually when the game's going on. And so then you get through that game, obviously, the championship was the celebration. What was that like compared to the other four that you've done? Once again, the atmosphere is different. The crowd noise is different. There's only a few people. What was that experience like when the final buzzer went off and you guys had the win, but wasn't everybody was there or did, did it feel more where it was you and the team? Yeah, it it, it was, it was obviously a a more of a, a more private experience, but, I mean, the families were just as ecstatic and, and everything as normal. We still, we, we, we still, they have an area at Pinnacle set aside after those games where you come and you'll, you'll see the family and everybody can, you can have some time together. So we still did all that. And, and that was, that was still a great, great time. And, and so, um, it wasn't really that big of a difference at that point. Um, but it was everything kind of leading up to it. And then after it, they couldn't really um, celebrate it at all. Um, I mean, we, we, we did go to DJ's dugout because at that point, restaurants still hadn't been, been shut down. Um, which that's a whole nother issue. And they've always been a good supporter of Bellevue West with a lot of your guys' DJs. Yeah. Oh, tremendous. Darwin yeah. has been a, a great <sighs> supporter. He's never asked for anything in return. Uh, he's a, he's a great person in the community, not just in Bellevue, um, uh, all over the Omaha metro area, and we really appreciate that. And we had a great time that night, um, and we really appreciate them staying open. And I don't think anybody got sick from that night. Weird. 
Weird how those things happen. You could still enjoy it and cheer it on. Obviously, you finished with a undefeated season this last season. No one would have ever thought it. You did the rightful thing of making it about your team. Those are always hard things for coaches and players. What made you decide to come upon that? Was that something you and the wife talked about, you and the family? Or was this something that Doug said, this is what I'm doing? No matter what anybody else says. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, we just discussed it a little bit, but the, there was no, I mean, the, the issue is it's those kids time and the focus needs to be on them and what some old guy is or isn't doing. I mean, that, that should have no bearing on, on the whole deal. And, and, and so the, the, the district was kind enough to, um, um, to, not require me to go through the normal process of being on the March um, retirement deal that they do at the, the board meeting uh, and just delay that. And they're not going to say anything till after, you know, after the state tournament was over and it, it kind of began to leak out. Um, I was going to say, I don't, that, I don't know how it could night. be a secret. I um, mean, with society, with social media, all it takes is one word. Right. Uh, who was the first to know after your wife and kids? Well, uh, my assistants, um, or my assistants, uh, Steve and, and, and Matt, um, I told them, uh, well, besides uh, the people, um, um, Dr. Rippey and, yeah. and, and, and the superintendent down in Bellevue and, and that, but uh, and the AD at Bellevue West, I told my assistants um, a few weeks before, a couple weeks I don't know. It all runs together now, but <laughs> a couple of weeks before the, the state tournament. And, and I just said, look, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to say anything. We're going to get through the state tournament. And then whenever after that seems right, we'll do it and get it over with as soon as possible as it's not that big a deal. Let's just get on with life. Well, I mean, it's not a big deal, but I mean, it's big shoes to fill. It's uh, an atmosphere that is created whether you want it to be or not, you've created a legacy there. Um, what is it like for your next uh, person to take the reins? Is it's, I mean, that's, that's big shoes. That's, and obviously it's not from you and it's never going to be from you because you're so humble about it. And you know that you've laid the right tracks for the next leader to come in and take the team over. But well, <clears throat> Coach Klein, it's Steve Klein, uh, obviously is is the the new head coach, and uh, we've been together for gosh a dozen years, I think it is now, and um, he's ready. Uh, he's he's been such a huge part of the program, um, and and uh, y- you know, I one of the reasons I wanted to go or decided ultimately to to go this year is they're going to be really good next year, and I wanted whoever the next coach was going to be hopefully and it turned out to be coach klein um i wanted them to have that um and um and, and they're, they're going to be really good next year don't know if they're going to win there's other really good teams <laughs> next year you never know if you're going to win 2024 um, class is a really good class across the board it is and so but they're they're going to be competitive and they're going to have a good good year and 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 coach Klein's going to do a great job and he's he's got a great assistant and coach Lawrenson and other assistants that have been in the program for a long time and 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 uh they're going to do a great job and and 
I'm going to be supportive of them every step of the way. And um, I'm also not going to be just hanging around. Uh, that was my uh, next question. It's like you already knew what was coming. What is your plans when it does come to Bellevue West basketball games? Well, How I mean, much? we have a, a granddaughter that's be a freshman up at West and she'll be playing basketball. So we'll obviously be going to those games. And when it's when I don't have something else going on or whatever, I'll probably stay and I mean, that's what I do. I, I love basketball. You love basketball. But, uh, you know, it, I'm not going to um, – it's time to move on and do something different and and uh, let uh, let those guys let those guys do their thing. And obviously, if they ever um, need anything or whatever, I'll, I'll be there for them. But, uh, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's a new chapter. Well, as the Cowboys always say, you wrote it, you write it, and now you're going to live the future. What's one thing that you remember thinking back 40 years ago and you think to now, did you ever think that you'd be where you are today with a program, with everything that you're leaving behind? I don't think you really think like that. You just, you know, you're a young guy. You want to you do the best job you can, and you don't even know how long you're going to be doing it or you're going to do something else. Are you going to get into administration? You just, you don't know what, what, you know, the future holds. And, and, uh, um, I'm obviously I'm very blessed that, uh, we were able to, to have some really successful seasons. And that happens for a lot of reasons, uh, not just because of the brilliance of one person. It happens for a lot of reasons. And, um, I'm just so appreciative to have the opportunity to, uh, to be involved with so many great people that played for me, that I coached with, that were administrators where I was, and that uh, were parents and, and 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 folks I coached against, and it's it's just been just uh, a joy. And uh, um, but in terms of what I, and I still don't even look at it like that. I just it's it's been great. I've been the one who's been blessed. So, man, it's the humbleness that no one ever wants to give up obviously you've done a lot of right things in your time uh what is the next step for for coach woodard but are you still teaching are you well i've been a dean uh dean is, no I'm, I'm i'm getting out of um the 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 dean of students role as well in, in bellevue so I'm, I'm totally essentially be out of education and um i've got some things that that i've been interested in and in, in uh working with um maybe young coaches, maybe some young business executives um, in the area of creating a positive culture and leadership. And so I've got some things in the, in the iron there and we'll see kind of where that goes. And um, a couple things like that. And a lot of time with uh, going to grandkids events and, um, and hopefully um, uh, enough time to go to, uh, more college games of, of kids that have played for me and are still playing. Uh, that's something we really, uh, we both want to do um, uh, as much of as we can uh, in traveling and seeing some of those games. You have a lot of good ones that are still out there and a lot of that are making names <clears throat> on multiple levels. So once again, heard at production, DJ KW Omaha, Wired Access Podcast. I greatly appreciate Coach Doug Woodard former head coach of Bellevue West basketball, former dean as of the end of the year. And uh, once again, Herdat Production, thank you. Thank you, Kim.
a Heard at Sports Network production.